This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you back. I am really happy to be back on another episode as we are here for a beer week. Woohoo, I like beer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's been a really fun time. I hope you enjoyed the Thanksgiving wines. Uh, We tried to get that one out early for you guys so that you could have some time to go buy the wines. I hope I didn't sound like the Supreme Court justice. I have no idea what that's referencing. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, maybe our listeners don't either. Anyway. Anyway, (laughs) we are back with a beer week, and we are doing Christmas beers or holiday holiday ales. So, Dad, what are you doing, and what snacks do you have for this week? I'm doing the Sierra Nevada Celebration, and sometimes people just call it a holiday or a Christmas, but it is an IPA. And then for my snacks, I have a blueberry compote. I did a baked brie to go with that blueberry compote. And then I have a very very special kind of honey that I brought back from Italy, which is chestnut honey. And so we'll get to try both of those on the brie. And then I have green bean bundles with bacon, of course. And then I have little gingerbread men cookies. There's there's, uh, sugar on top of it. Okay, really cool. Well, for me, I'm going to hop over the ocean, and I've got a, a Belgian Christmas ale with us. I have the Delirium Noel. I know I said I was going to do the St. Bernardus Christmas ale, but we're recording this a little bit before all the Christmas ales have hit our market, and this was one of the ones that was there. I've had it before. It's really, really good. It's, like I said, it's the Delirium Noel, and as my pairings, I have some really sharp kind of eight KJ cheese. I have sausage rolls, and then I have some braised short ribs. All right. And sausage rolls is one of our traditions for Christmas. It is, and that was that was kind of why I did it. But okay. as we before we get into all this wonderfulness, there was a blind last week. There was a blind. Let's see. Thing. It's been so long ago. Let's see. It was a wine blind. I blinded you on a wine. It was. Do you remember what you said it was? Yes. I said it was a Pinot Grigio. From? From Italy. Because you said Grigio. Because I said Grigio. But it, was a, it was a Pinot Grigio from uh, Italy. Well, Josh, you nailed that one. That was <laughs> 100% perfect. That was uh, fun to listen to you work all the way through it. And then end up, you said Old World. And I was going, okay, he's got he's got it narrowed down to the, at least Old World. And then, boom, 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 boom. Italy, Pinot Grigio. Ta-da! Yeah, it was a it was a fun one to do. So you know, I after we got off the episode, I told us I was like, "Well, it's cold, wet, and alcoholic," and that's kind of a a thing with Pinot Grigios is sometimes there's not a lot there, and with there when there's not a lot there, that can kind of guide you to it being possibly a Pinot Grigio. Well, and you were saying you were getting some um, tree fruit, yeah, and I got some green apple, and I forget exactly what you said, but yeah, but that kind of was... helps with it. Yeah, it was uh it was a great it was a great one. So do you remember which one was it the Santa Margarita? Yes, it was. So a really, really popular one. Right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the beers. We're gonna start with mine, the Belgian, the Delirium Noel. This is from the brewery called Delirium. Uh you may know these beers because they have a pink elephant on them. Yeah, it's very distinctive if you're looking for for beer and you see a pink elephant. There it is. That's yeah. delirium. Yeah, and the other one that they do that a lot of people know is called Celebrator, and okay. it has a goat. 
Okay. It has a goat on it. But we're going to do, we got the their Christmas version, and then the snacks are we have an extra sharp caged a cheddar, we have some sausage rolls, and then a braised short rib. So is there any particular order? Uh, I mean, I guess, no, not really. Not really, kinda, okay. Kind of go at it however you want. All right. So this beer, like I said, is a Belgian beer. It comes from a brewery called Delirium. And they don't really talk about this one a whole lot. You know, it's color. Like when we're looking at it, as a lot of Christmas ales are, they're like chestnutty red. Yeah. Like chestnut wood and amber. And once the the head kind of settled down, um, it's got a nice just kind of cream, cream head on it. Yeah, it started out with a pretty big head. Yeah. And I was, you know, poured it down the side of the glass, not down the middle. Right. And it's like, what well, is like an inch almost. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I yeah. mean, that's that's what you want. And this is, it, it comes in either bomber bottles or these little uh, 500 centiliter bottles. And this is actually 10% alcohol. Oh, okay. And we have them into the individual bottles today. That's a 500? Uh, no, it's not a 500. I think that's a 350 it's a, or it's a 33. Three, 33, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a 33 bottle. Mm-hmm. Comes in a four-pack. It, it's a beautiful color. It smells, has that kind of nutty, um, caramely, kind of mold spices kind of smell to it. Yeah, I'm I'm getting that smell. But it still has that kind of, that characteristic banana-y, you know, like we say, clove, that the typical Belgian dark ales. Now, if you remember when we talked about the Belgian quads. Yeah. And we when Jordan and I did belgian style strong ales we talked about the chime and a you gr- did that without me yeah oh josh yeah we did i listened to that it's what right. happens when you're in italy yeah well um if you remember when we talked about the Ch- the chime and a grand reserve mm-hmm. that originally started as a christmas ale okay because it takes a little bit more time to make and that it would be ready for around christmas okay so a lot of these are based on belgian strong ales just like this one is it's really good now, I'm doing the cheddar with it. Yeah. And so you get that nuttiness of that that cheddar, mm-hmm. which goes with that mold spices and nuttiness of this beer. Now, did you say that you're getting a little chestnut taste? or No, they talk about the color. Oh, yeah. The color was chestnut. I don't chestnut. Mm. Pretty nice. And you said it's 10% ABV? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know it just by tasting it. No. I don't. But it has that nice big viscosity that you want with a Belgian strong ale. I'm going to have to sip it. <laughs> well, yeah. Both of these. And is that a characteristic of Christmas ales? Do we, you know, do they typically run up that high? I mean, mine, not that high, but it's over your standard 5.2 or whatever. Well, they're usually a little bit on the bigger side because they usually are based in beers that take a little bit longer to make and a little bit more hearty. For the winter time, that's right. This is an ale, so it's it's not cold fermented, right? No, they are they are top. This is top fermented. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's pretty easy easy drinking for ten percent, Josh. Mm-hmm. So tell me. So what are some of your? We've done a lot of beer at Christmas before. It's kind of one of the things that we have. We besides you know having lots of wine, we do have a lot of 
Christmas beers around. What are some of your, do you have like memories of ones you've had before or holiday time well, when it comes to beer? Yeah. So I think in several episodes, I mentioned that for many years, for Christmas, I'd go find a sour. Mm-hmm. You remember that? And then you and Marie both said, Dad, Dad, please stop. <laughs> well, you would also buy, like, the Lambic. Well, but Lambics they, and Sours, yeah. Yeah, well, they were they were very, they were fruited, they were the Lambics. Right. I know you'd always have the, the you usually have the raspberry hanging around. Right. And then you, you on the Thanksgiving wine episode, we talked about how we, we do our Thanksgiving day and you talked about a beer and that was a very memorable beer where it was a scotch ale that was aged in a wine cast. Yeah, but that was Thanksgiving. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think, you know, some Christmases we had something like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as, you know, for Christmas, it's usually a Christmas ale like these or or maybe I might sneak sneak that lambic in, <laughs> but you know you can't can't really. Get, I've not had all these because you know I was googling which one before I landed on the Sierra Nevada celebratory beer, mm-hmm. celebration beer, the top fifteen, and some of those I never heard of, but they're out there, I guess. Maybe not in Arkansas, but yeah, a it's lot a. Of, it's a very popular style to do. So a lot the other thing that usually comes out around Christmas time are like Baltic porters and barrel aged stouts as well. Well, and then there's the uh, barley wines mm-hmm. that come out. Some of them come out about that time. Uh, there's one called uh, Santa. It's like the Santa Claus. Santa Claus of barley wine i don't know but those are really no those are 14 well yeah really really big but as far as you know specific memory about christmas beers it'd be the lambics or the sour okay yeah so this this brewery group has been brewing since the 1600s like a lot of like a lot of belgian breweries and they, you know, they've been kind of going ever since. You know, they they make a whole bunch of, this is kind of a, a club consortium of different breweries that are mm-hmm. kind of come together that, that Delirium is underneath the umbrella of. But like I said, they've been brewing since 1654. You know, they they've gone through all, a lot of the same, strife and struggle that a lot of European breweries that we talked about before have gone through during the wars and being able to build back, trying to build back better from after the wars. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Belgian, Belgian ales are really, really good. You know, this is a good, strong ale. So it's been brewed to be hearty, keep you warm, kind of warm you up on those. Well, for, for a lot of people, but not barely us. Those cold winter times. That's right. So what have you what have you tried with the pairings? 
Well, I've tried the, I've tried the cheese, and I mentioned how it was the nuttiness of the cheese went really well. And I'm I'm now trying the uh, sausage roll. Now, did did you use this? Use our family recipe? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Okay. Well, our family recipe is bisquick <laughs> and then sausage. How'd you do it then? So I bought breakfast sausage from ham. Mm-hmm. And then I went, Pillsbury is now doing a roll-out crescent sheet. Mm. And so I just, I bought that, rolled it out, put the sausage on in it, rolled it up, cut it. And then baked it. Okay. So it was very. It's a very very simple recipe. Yeah. Well, did you age it in the refrigerator overnight? No, I did not. Okay. Well, that's. <laughs> I that's, cut it. Okay. I cut it straight away. Okay. Well, that's that's what I do with the bisquick one. You know, you take your bisquick, you make basically a biscuit, but roll it out till it's about oh a foot in diameter or so, and then start putting the sausage. Just spread it over roll that up put wax paper around it and you really got to put it in the refrigerator because it's still pretty soft yeah but no this this sausage goes very well Mm -hmm. with this beer i don't know that we'll have a bad pairing yeah it's hard it, it can be hard with these beers that will hold up to a lot of different food one of the things i really like about this pairing is the sage Mm -hmm. the herbaceousness that this sausage has and the sweetness of the sauces, I think, go really, really well with beer and kind of highlight some of those, kind of highlight more of those spices that are mm-hmm. going on in the beer and bring it into the sausage as well. Now, that's a big memory for me as a sausage roll. I mean, we've been doing that as long as I can remember. Well, your Uncle Randy is the one that brought it to us. And you're right. I don't know how many years ago that was. I have a hard time remembering a Christmas without it. Right. Except for like, maybe if we're not, if we're not at home, if we're at, if we were at like grandma and grandpa's house or somebody else's house. Well, that's right. Don't really have it. But we even cooked it. You've even cooked it before when you, when we were out of town. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, the, the first Christmas in, when we were in Copper, we... You you still made it. Well, that's because we had a kitchenette, right? That's right. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun Christmas. It was. So what what made you and mom decide to do that? Because it was what happened. What, so it was about eight. No, not eight years ago. Yeah, it was uh-huh. about it was about six about six Ooh. years ago. Might have been more than that. Might have been eight, might have been eight years ago. I don't know what made us do it. I mean, you know, you just kind of get cabin fever, even with without COVID. You just think, well, gosh, it sure would be fun to go somewhere for Christmas. Yeah. And see some Christmas lights. Right. And, and snow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and snow, real snow. And see Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Which, funny, funny, funny thing about that. So, if, you, if you've never been to Copper Mountain or a ski resort during Christmas, if you like to ski and you like those kind of things, try and do it because they the mountains are really fun and during the holidays you know they they dress up they do the things but at copper mountain on christmas eve they do what they call it a candlelight ski or mm-hmm, a firelight mm-hmm, ski or mm-hmm. something and all of the employees right ski down the mountain or down like the main front of the mountain holding 
big torches mm-hmm. or big kind of flares. And then Santa, <laughs> one of the employees who's dressed up like Santa, skis down behind them. Kind of like the Macy's Day Parade. Santa's yeah. Last. <laughs> he, co- he comes in and then he kind of goes through the the little village there. He zip lines across the, across the pond and then fireworks and whole festivities. And then he goes to the bar. Well, and so that's, <laughs> that's particular where, one. <laughs> well, that's where I'm going is, so we were in the, we were in a bar, surprise, surprise. We were in a bar watching after the ski, right. after the ski down. And just so happened that the, the pond or the yeah pond that Santa zip lined over was right outside the window. Right. <laughs> the back window of the bar. So we got to see that. Well, then lo and behold, Santa comes into the bar. And what does what does dad and mom do? They go over and buy Santa a drink. <laughs> well, he needed to warm up, Josh. Yeah, I know. He's been out there in the cold. And so there's a, there's a picture out there somewhere of dad and Santa both holding a beverage about, I think, I think you guys did shots together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom was over playing pinball. But, you know, that the sausage roll is a big memory to me. And we, you know, we usually have some sort of beverage now that we're all old enough from uh, some sort of beverage while we're opening gifts and having this after after we do our coffee. A lot of times it's champagne or some sort of bubbly. But some of these some of these Christmas ales are something else that we've done before. True. And, you know, this is really good. I think it goes really, really well with this with this sausage roll. Yeah, the. As you were talking way back, you said something about the spiciness, and I didn't really think of the sausage being that spicy, and it's really not no. real spicy. I mean, it could be a whole lot spicier, but just that little bit of spice that it has goes quite well with the toastiness and what little, it's hard to say there's spice in this beer, but there might be, I don't know the composition and in, in the recipe but maybe they had some cloves or well yeah or, or some cinnamon or I would, or some something else in that in that beer that gives the spice of the sausage and the spicy of the beer a connection i would definitely say that there are baking spices in this beer they probably use it in the boil at some point in the mash bill or in the boil to give it some of that flavor and I, I don't actually I don't think there's any spiciness in the sausage besides black pepper. Cause they've when I asked him about it, he's just like, Well, we just have sage, salt and pepper and I don't he didn't say anything about any type of spiciness. Well, there's probably not much. There's not much. I definitely not much. Yeah. Which, you know, I almost put some cheese in it. Oh really? Yeah. I almost put some good sharp cheddar, but I think yeah, I'm probably gonna try it in a little bit after I go to the the short rib. I'm probably going to try some of the cheese on top of the sausage roll because the cheese has this like funky nutty, mm-hmm. funky mm-hmm. nuttiness to it mm-hmm. with the sharpness that goes really well with the beer. I think at least mm-hmm. this is such a good beer. I really wish I could have gone the St. Bernardus, but I'm really glad I had this one because I haven't had this one in years. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably been three, three, maybe four years since I've had this beer. This is another one of those that gets kind of gets put on the side mm-hmm. for new new beers or craft beers, you know, because it's always been there. 
it's always going to be there. So I'm like, oh, well, let me try this one. And I kind of forget about some of these good Belgians that are there. And I think I say that every time I have a Belgian beer on the, sh- on the show. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they're, they're just great standards. They're just, they're really, really good. And right. this one is, this Delirium is, is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It, it will catch you, though. Because it is 10%. That's 10%. I'm starting to feel it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw you snacking on the short rib. Well, the short rib is very good. Now, did you sous vide or how'd you do it? No, I just, I braised it with a head of garlic and, uh-huh. and beef stock. Yeah. And, you know, onion, carrot, normal stuff. Cooked Several it for, hours. Cooked it for about two and a half hours. Was it in a wine reduction? No, it was not. Okay, well, because I didn't have any cheap red wine. <laughs> right. Well, no, it goes very well. So, best on place going to be a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, how does it? Why does it go? Tell me. Tell well, me just more. that that earthiness of the of the beer, and the earthiness of the meat itself. You know, there's not. We don't have the spices going on, and we don't have the nuttiness that showed up with the cheese and the beer. So, really, it's just kind of the earthiness of it. That's, you know, that's how I would describe it. Now, there is some sweetness in the beer, and there's also some sweetness in this meat, just because of how it was cooked, I think. Well, that's actually the fat. Well, okay. It's the fat. It's, it's honestly. It's really the fat. It's honestly, yeah. it's really the fat that's bringing that that sweetness, that perception of sweetness from the beef because there's there's honestly nothing sweet in in what i made in this. the meat yeah okay because it's just fat. yeah here's the fat i'm looking at it these are really good nice big short ribs they were they're bone in mm-hmm. as you can see in the picture on instagram while you're chomping that down we've had short ribs before yep on many podcasts mm-hmm. it seems to kind of sneak in there almost as much as goat cheese because <laughs> they are so good. Mm-hmm. Now you tried it. What what would you say about it and the beer? So I think the beer overshadows this presentation of the short ribs. Mm-hmm. The beer's viscosity and sweetness and holiday spicing just kind of take over and cover and kind of cover everything that's there from the beef. Because the beef really just tastes like beef. Yeah. There's not really, like you, like I said, this wasn't cooked in red wine, so you don't have that extra depth right. of red wine in there. I probably should have put some. What's well, not acid overpowering the fat? Uh, it's it's viscosity. It's the sweetness covering over the fat. Oh, okay, the sweetness. Yeah, the sweetness is covering over the fat. Now, because remember, sweet. Right. That, you know, but it's more of a viscosity thing. It's really not kind of a, a flavoring. Right. It's more of just the, the the how the beer coats the palate. Yeah, the mouthfeel of it. Yeah. But because it, it's it's Cause not the beer's like not really a sweet syrupy beer. No, but it's definitely it definitely if you if you line this up with other beers, you would say that this is a sweeter beer, which mm-hmm. it's higher in alcohol, it's dark. So that means it's using darker malt and more malt. Right. And those things, you have to have sugar to make it higher and more sugar to have a higher alcohol beer. Right. So that sweetness is actually going to be there mm-hmm. as compared to lower alcohol beers. 
and the IBUs aren't very high. I don't no, think. the IBUs is thirty five. Oh, okay, if I'm not mistaken, it may actually be lower than that. It is twenty six. Oh, that is low. Yeah, so it's it's twenty six, but it's really like this is driven by sweet, warming spice spiciness. And when I'm saying spiciness, I'm not talking heat spice. I'm talking like baking spice here. Oh, okay. But I think it's really good. It's very good. So, what are your initial thoughts about the beer in general? Oh, I like it. That's the first thing. And then, you know, when you think of a Christmas beer, and we'll talk about <laughs> with with the Sierra Nevada, you think, am I going to taste really sweet am i gonna get the pine am i gonna get you know the what's gonna go on with it with this beer is a christmas beer but it doesn't have all that extra baggage what do you mean by baggage well it's done it's you're not trying to you don't have to dissect it and say oh i got this sweetness and i got this aroma and i got this and i got that and that's what makes it a christmas beer it's just the whole idea of this is a Christmas beer. I can drink this Christmas beer well. I don't know why you couldn't drink this Christmas beer all year round, except that you probably can't find it. That's the that's the that's the trick. <laughs> can't find it. Well, and it's like this Sierra Nevada beer that we're going to go through. It's a limited time beer. And sometimes uh, they have a lot of it, and sometimes it's like you found your friend says, "Oh, it's in," and then you go and you can't find it. Mm-hmm. There's not that many of them. So I think these are, it's kind of like the, it's like the Nouveau Beaujolais, the Beaujolais Nouveaux. Yeah, those things come in, but when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens to these beers. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. Okay. So I want you to try something. Oh, the cheese. I want you to take the... a piece of cheese. Yeah. I just want you to put it on top of the sausage roll. Eat it. Take a bite. I think as Marie... As Marie has perfected Granny's recipe that Mom has perfected that Granny passed down to her, I think I'm going to have to the pecan, the pecan pie, oh, the no. pecan pie. I think this is. I think I'm going to have to take this one and run with it. Are oh, you going to put cheese inside? I think so. I mean, I know it might be heresy. <laughs> I know. I I see you staring at me like. No, I- why are you messing with this? This is no, what this it is. is good. But yeah, it's really, really good. And I think it's because you remember of- that mash episode where, and I, I don't remember who it was exactly. They had to go off in the truck, and one of them's going, you "Gotta put this mustard on this cheese," <laughs> and the other one's going, "There's no way I'm doing that." Yeah, but once you try it, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, this is an epiphany of flavor. And so I'm really getting an epiphany of flavor here that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. So it's not heresy. It's just not tradition. True. It's not your tradition. The other thing that I think would be different is I don't think it would work as well with the sausage that you use. Because you just use, do you buy just like Jimmy Dean right. mild or whatever? Right. So I think. If you use like the Jimmy Dean mild, or if you were to use any sausage, like any like mapley sausage, 
sausage that is going to be sweeter on the palate that's not as herbaceous right as this sausage i don't think it would work mm. i think it would just be there would be too many competing factors there but i think with this sausage that's guided by that herbaceousness in that funky earthiness of the cheese what if i put a monster cheese oh see or a swiss cheese right it wouldn't work either yeah it has to be some sort of sharp sharp cheese mm-hmm. and this this just being a aged funky cheese check the instagram check the instagram stories to make sure to find the type of cheese this was because I, I don't have it in front of me i'll have to find it before i post it to instagram because it was just it was a cheese I picked up at Kroger in the uh, Murphy cheese in the Murray's cheese section. It was like, oh, it's extra sharp. Hey, look, nobody's been buying it because they don't know it, so it was on sale. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this. We right. have to go buy some and put it in the freezer, right? Because it's really good. It is really good. All right, Dad. All right, we ready to switch over? If you are, I, I mean, unless there's more you just want to talk about with this beer. So when when you were in Italy, were there any kind of Christmas decorations up or any holiday no. holiday decorations up no. yet? No, because you no. y'all came back end of October, right? Okay, it's not till November that they really start putting Let's stuff see, we up. We left like the last day of November and came back the last day of September. September, I mean, and came back the twenty sixth of October. So no, now. We've talked on the show about Joanne going to Germany uh, and the Austria, Christmas markets. And the Christmas market is shut down. Yeah. Austria completely closed the country. Well, yeah, they're and going back to they're, full they're lockdown. Over there, they're over there rioting, and so were other other countries. Germany hadn't shut it totally down, but uh, Munich closed their Christmas market. And so that was going to be one of the main things they were doing. So, world's got to get back to normal somehow. And well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's gonna I don't do think it's going to get back to normal. I think there's going to be a new normal that's going to well, emerge. Well, that's like Dr. Gene said, Joanne's brother. He says, "I'll I'll always wear a mask from now on an airplane." Yeah, I mean, fully recycled air. Yeah, what's the big deal? <laughs> from 300 people. All right, so we're going to switch over now to Dad's beer. Dad, why don't you remind us what the beer is and what your pairings are? Well, it's the Sierra Nevada Celebration Holiday Christmas IPA. And my pairings are the blueberry compote that I made. And I got a secret ingredient in here, and I'm going to see if you can figure it out. Okay. And then I have the baked brie. And also on the side for the baked brie is this special chestnut honey, just to give it a try. Because you were talking about chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That's kind of a Christmas thing as well. It's very much a holiday thing. And then green bean bundles. Nothing really special about them. And then uh, store-bought gingerbread men cookie. All right. So there's there's a word on this can that you have not mentioned yet. The fresh hop? Yes. You have not mentioned the word fresh hop. So I'm I'm very interested to learn... How it's a fresh hop during the holiday season because hops come out in the spring. Hops, hops get harvested late. Late as in? Like October. Anyway, I'll go really? into that. Okay. 
I'm I'm just trying to think of when Marine did when fresh when the fresh hop beers were coming when Marine got them like when the fresh hop well, beers that's hit when in the Seattle. Beer came. That's right. That's when the beer came. But okay. Anyway, we'll get into. Oh, that. Anyway, so so, so fresh hopping. So tell us as you're telling us about the beer. Please remind everybody what fresh hopping is. Because it's a very particular thing to certain beers in certain areas. I'll do that, yeah. So when you make beer, you cook this wort, and then you can put hops into the mixture as you're cooking. Yeah. That is not fresh hop. No. And you can put in multiple different hop layers as you're cooking. You know, it's, it's, it's like the 90 minute beer that from dogfish head that we both love from dogfish we both love no we don't uh, both love. <laughs> well maybe it's marie that loves it. it's me you and marie that both love it so it's a 90 minute boil and so they're boiling and they're putting in hops during the whole boil yeah i don't know how many different layers of hops they put in so the point of the story is that's how you normally make beer okay so what is the difference between fresh hop and dry hop well, the fresh hop, well, dry hop and fresh hop are somewhat the same thing. It's just that fresh hop is, those hops are fresh. They just got picked yesterday. Okay, so if and you... And so we're hurrying to get this beer made, and that's that's part of this story. Okay. So if, you, if you're in a place that doesn't grow hops, like Arkansas doesn't grow hops. Right. It is almost impossible for an Arkansas brewery to fresh hop. They can dry hop, but they can't fresh hop. Is that right? All right. Okay. So here's what they say. They say, once we pick fresh hops, the clock starts ticking. Each year, we visit the Pacific Northwest to hand select the best Cascade and Centennial hops, race the harvest home, and brew immediately. To capture citrus, pine, and floral notes at their peak for the aromas and flavor for this perfect winter beer. That's what they're doing with the Centennial. And it comes out this time of year. So I think they're racing to get those hops in, I, I assume it's like October. It ha- I mean, it has to, it has has to be, to be so, that, so they can get them done. Now, the neat thing about these guys and this particular beer, they've been doing it for 40 years. They've been doing this beer for 40 years? This year, beer for 40 years. Okay. Yeah, so Sierra Nevada is a California brewing company. They are in Northern California, correct? Correct. What town are they outside of? Uh, it's, it's there on the can. Chico, S-H-I-C-O, California. Chico. Chico. Hmm. Well, and they got another place in North Carolina, too. Well, <laughs> so I that's... I know that. Well, that's yeah. probably some of the just freshness. Right. Freshness kind of thing. But yeah, Sierra Nevada's been around for a long time. They're one of the first... They're in with like... Yeah, so they, they were one of the first breweries on the West Coast. So they're actually around the San Francisco area. So they're in Northern California. Right. I actually had a, I actually had a Sierra Nevada beer before I came here. Oh really? Yeah, I had their Narwhal, which is okay. an imperial stout. 
that they do, which is really, okay. it's really, really, really good. Yeah, they do a they do an Oktoberfest. It's a good one. Uh, they do one called Powder Day. They do one called Summer Break. So this is their kind of this is their holiday their their holiday ale. Yes, and so they they use it. Does it say why they call it the celebration in your story? That no, you have? I don't see that. Uh-uh. I think it's just a celebration to get get that beer going, and uh, it's that time of year to celebrate holidays and Christmas and snow. So, what is the uh, what's the ABV of this? Six point eight. Man, it smells like a Christmas tree. <laughs> well it's that's that aroma josh yeah it's so it's it's a dark amber it's very similar to the color of the delirium the head retention on this is awesome like we still have a good head a little you know probably about a quarter inch it didn't pour with as big a head but it's retained it yeah we've still got about a quarter of an inch ahead on this and we poured this what 45 minutes ago right you now maybe it's it's delicious. It smells it smells like a Christmas tree. You do get some of that citrus undertone. Now I'm very curious to know what you smell because I'm very sensitive to hop, as we have discussed many a times before. Yeah. And where other people get more tropical, more citrus, I still usually get just the pininess of it. So what are you smelling in this beer? I get some citrus. Don't, don't you? I mean, it's got the Cascade hop in it, so that's where that citrus comes from. See, it's hard for me to find. That's why I was wondering what oh, you, okay. no, I how you get it. it. I do smell it. But yeah, it's got that pine rosin <laughs> that you don't like. Yep. It's like, oh, it's like, I knew it would go like this. Well, so uh, this is not the first time that I've had this beer. So what, I've had this beer caramel? Before. I don't. Yeah, I, I get some caramel there. <laughs> it's down in there. I get pine resin. I so get, get past the pine resin. I'm working on it. I also get some kind of like little spiciness in there. So I do get some of the like holiday spicing, but they are very, very, very back there. So on the rightbeer.com, it's rated very hot. So I think... Sometimes I, you know, when I look at ratebeer.com, I wonder, okay, it's kind of like the guy that writes about the hotel, how bad it was, and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you go to ratebeer.com, you get the guys that love it more than you get the guys that hate it. Right. And so you end up with this really high rating. Mm-hmm. But even with that said, you get these high ratings because they're a good beer. Mm-hmm. And this one has an overall rating of 97 out of 100. That is tremendous. It is. What's the delirium? I didn't look at the. Well, I didn't look at it either. I call that up here. But these guys, you know, you said they've been doing a beer for a long time. Yeah, since the 80s. <laughs> when it comes to California beer. It, that's a long time. <laughs> that is quite a while, especially yeah. in the in the craft market. Right. So. They were forerunners of the craft market. That's what that yeah. says. Yeah, they were. They were. One of the things they say is, turns out good beer can do a lot of good. We shook things up in the 80s to launch our beer revolution. 
And that's well said because, you know, there wasn't much homebrewing out there because I think the homebrewing actually was opened up to be legal just in the late 70s. So these are guys that marked out and decided they wanted to make beer in the time frame shortly after homebrewing even opened up. Well, and I still think that they are actually locally owned. I don't think that they have sold to a larger conglomerate. That's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Which I was kind of sad to read that uh, Bell's, Bell's has recently sold out to a large conglomerate. Oh, Bell's another good Christmas beer. Yes, but they have recently sold to a larger conglomerate. It's the same conglomerate that, foreign conglomerate that owns New Belgium. Oh, okay. And and the head of New Belgium is going to run operations over both. Oh, no. And they they do a lot of uh, reduce, reuse, recycle because they're very into sustainability which I think is very good, whether you're in California or not. So, Dad, when it comes to these pairings, what are you thinking about? How do you think about eating them? So, this was actually a appetizer, which is the cheese. Okay. A side, which is the beans. And then a quasi-dessert. So, I would say that would be the order that you might want to try. Did you put coffee in that compote? Boom, baby. <laughs> There's the secret ingredient. Okay. I wondered if you were going to get it. In this blueberry compote, there is coffee. Why'd you put coffee? It's like two pinches of coffee. What kind and of coffee? Just our normal coffee that we use. Use a Chevalier or... That really... <laughs> I can't think of it. The reason I did it is we went to a wine dinner a couple nights ago. And the guy came out, and that was the dessert for the wine, was a brie with compote, and in the compote was some coffee. And I thought, man. And it really really went extremely well with the wine that we were tasting. Yeah. Well, how do you think it goes with this? So, it, it, it adds an interesting element to it. The thing that I would suggest to make it better for next time is make a satchel that has the coffee in it okay the grinds give it a funny texture yeah so that that would be kind of one of my things and it it adds an interesting bitterness to like a, a roasty bitterness to the compote which to me it was it's a texture i i would yeah. Kind of like you're brewing the coffee in the compote rather mm-hmm. than leaving it in there for texture. But it's- I started to pour a little bit of coffee in the compote, Mm-mm. but the compote was still was not thick. So that's why I did the just a couple pinches of the coffee. So listeners, the point of this is it's okay to experiment. Some will like it. Some won't like it. And yes, Josh is correct. It's a texture thing. Yeah, the because the coffee grinds don't coffee grinds don't dissolve. No, they stay intact. Yeah, which is why you need a coffee filter when you make when you make coffee. Mm-hmm. But I, it does add an interesting element, especially with the brie itself. Um, I think it's better with the brie than by itself. Yeah, the brie. This is where I'm bad Uh-oh. with IPAs Uh-oh. because all I'm tasting now is pine. 
Well, that's why I wanted to give you the coffee to mix that up. So a bitter on a bitter is never great because coffee's a bitter. Right. And so when I had, so I had a bite of the, the cheese with the rind and the compote. And then I had the beer. To me, it, it brings out the pininess of it. It, to me, it, it accentuates that because the, the fat from the cheese kind of, kind of takes everything, everything else down a little bit. And that, to me, all that's left is the pine. What about you? How does it work for you? So I don't get as much pine as you. And you're right about the texture of the coffee. The compote with that cheese, I thought went well. The compote and the cheese are great. Yeah. And the the texture and the coffee bitterness, the bitter, there is some bitterness in this beer. And that's, I'm going to look up the uh, IBUs here. Because it's not, I don't think it's that high. Probably in the 60s. So the it goes it, it it goes a lot better with that chestnut honey and cheese. The chestnut honey is is very very interesting. The chestnut honey has kind of a almost a licorice-y flavor to it. Yeah. And the cheese has that that fattiness that kind of balances it out and leaves some of that sweetness and that sweetness plays really well with the beer itself. Yeah. It adds some of those elements and Reigns in, kind of rounds out some of those elements that I particularly don't enjoy. Okay. I like this beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good... Here's the thing. I'm not saying it's a bad beer. No. I'm saying it's a beer that I don't enjoy. And that's... And it's okay because it's... A, and we knew that. We kind of knew that walking into it. Right. And that right. I was going to struggle with this beer because not only is it an IPA, it's a fresh hopped IPA, which means it's accentuating... The hop flavor. Right. You know, if we go back to what happened when Marie brought the fresh hop from from Fremont, mm-hmm. I had the same thing. It was a little bit too piney for me. It was really, really hop forward. And for me personally, it's just not something that I enjoy. But I get, I understand the pairings. Yeah, okay. So far. So what would you say you thought the bitterness was? I thought it was in the 60s. Ding, ding, ding. It's 65. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree with you. The bitterness of that coffee and the bitterness of this was completely different than what we tasted the other night with the wine dinner. Yeah, and I think I think this. I, think and I don't know how the guy did the compote with the coffee. Well, they he, may have, you know, I, did, I had to cut to the chase. Well, yeah, and I was guessing because you can't find anything on the internet. Of course, about not. how to do that. Well, so I I think. So I think if I made it a real thick uh, espresso kind of coffee to go with the compote, I mean, really, really, it's, mm, I, I would without say without that texture, steep the coffee in the compote while you're making it. So have it in a filter or in a little right. cheesecloth, yeah. tied up cheesecloth thing, and have it sit there and boil with. The compote, as it's cooking down, you're going to basically make coffee with the compote. Yeah. And then it will be really integrated. The flavor will be really integrated, and you can remove all those grounds out. Or strain it. Right. Either way. But I think I think that compote would go really well with the delirium. I oh, think, I think so. I think because that extra sweetness that the delirium has 
would play better with that bitterness that comes through with the compote. Okay. But the honey, the honey and the cheese is great. Honey and, first of all, honey and brie, if you've never done honey and brie, honey and camembert, honey and any kind of soft, rindy cheese, it's great. Mm-hmm. But the the fattiness that cheese kind of brings down the oddity of the chestnut, right? the chestnut honey, which I think is very interesting. I think it's 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 really, really interesting, and I kind of want to play around with it a little bit. But it brings that oddity down in that the sweetness of that honey rounds out the beer really, really well. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the green beans? Before I answer that, this chestnut honey I bought in Italy, and they say this chestnut honey has this aspect to helping you with all kinds of health issues. Okay. I also tasted a chestnut beer when I was over there. Okay. And like you said, this honey is like no other honey that we've ever had. Mm -mm. And that beer was like no other beer (laughs) I'd ever had. Yeah. In fact, I drank it all, but it was like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah. So who is it? Is it Rogue? I think Rogue does a holiday chestnut brown ale. I don't know if it's a holiday brown ale. I don't know. But I I knew I, they do I think it's Rogue that does a chestnut ale. That a chestnut brown. Like a, a nut brown but it's specifically chestnut brown. Be interesting to see how that honey would play with with that. But so what about the green beans? What do you think about the green beans? Oh, I like them. You don't like green. Did you try them? I haven't gotten there yet. So I saw uh, you take a big bite of. <laughs> well, I did take a good big bite of. Them. So the the green beans themselves, they they uh, have a wrap of bacon around them. They have a mixture of brown sugar, butter. What else is in there? I forget. But that layered onto the green beans gave them a really good flavor. So that green bean. And, again, maybe the earthiness of this beer, to me, did away with that pine. Okay. And so, I can't say that the green beans overpowered the beer. It just, the taste, textures, and difference made the pine kind of go away. I mean, it's still... It's still an IPA. Right. It's st- <laughs> it's still, it still shows the hop, but when you say it takes the pine away, what did it leave? Well, it, it left the citrus. Okay. It left the sweetness of the beer. So, you know, there was still a lot left. Yeah. So, have you... I know we've had this beer in the house before, but have you ever... Have you ever had this, you know, at like with any of our Christmas traditions... Because some of our Christmas traditions, we talked about it before. We do a, a cold table at Christmas Eve, which is, you know, most everything's uncooked. And then we do some of the, you know, we talked about the sausage roll and right. things like that. Uh, this beer is, it's kind of a tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not as big as uh, some of our Thanksgiving beer traditions. It's like, I don't know, sometimes... We drink beer for Christmas just like we would. 
Mm-hmm. But it seems like to me it's maybe more wine. Yeah. Than it is beer. Yeah, we usually do open a little and bit if more it's better a, wine. If it's a beer, it's probably more of a stout or a brown, you know, something like that. Yeah, we usually But we, I usually always have this beer in the house. Yeah, we kind of pull this one quite a bit for or not this one. We usually pull barrel aged a lot of barrel aged stuff at Christmas time. That's right. Because a lot of it comes out during that time. That's right. So I hear you uh, crunching over there on the gingerbread. What do you think? It's interesting. This isn't a very spicy gingerbread. Mm. It's a little bit more of a sweet gingerbread. So it kind of, it goes well. It does some of the same stuff that the combo does. But I'm getting a little less, I'm I'm actually getting a little bit more of the sweetness Mm -hmm. from the beer and a little bit more of that citrusiness as it comes through. I hadn't tried it yet. It's good. You know, I have a Trader Joe's does a a triple triple ginger snap that they that's got it actually has like chunks of candied ginger in the cookie. It's a very very gingery I should have spicy ginger I told you to buy that for me. But it's a very very spicy gingery cookie. Mm-hmm. I think that that type of ginger cookie would gone would go uh, would go very very well with this beer. Because the spiciness, it, it's it's not a super sweet cookie, mm-hmm. but it, it it carries that super ginger ginger heavy flavor, which I think would be really really good with this beer. That's really what I wanted, right? And I couldn't find it. Well, this one, you know, these are these are nice ginger cookies, but they're they're covered in sugar, right? Which kind of kick up that sweetness. And they're not it. real gingery. No, they don't have that like punch you in the face right. ginger spice. But if you if you have if you have a local place that makes ginger cookies like that, or if you make them yourself, because I know a lot of people this could that could be something that people make this time of year mm-hmm. are ginger cookies. I think they go well with either one of these beers. I think it might actually go a little bit better with your fresh hop. It even could be a dunkable. Oh yeah, <laughs> a, a dunkable in there. Because then it, I think it would bring some extra level of of spiciness or baking mm-hmm. spiciness or heat to the beer, which I think could kind of ele- quite elevate the beer a little bit. So as far as the ginger that we have here and the beer, how'd they go together? They so the gin when I break it down to the ginger, yeah, the ginger goes really well. The sweetness fights with the bitterness of the beer, yes, and doesn't turn out very well right and that's why i was like that's why i deduced that it was this sugary kind of the sugar oh yeah they, the colored they, sugar that's on top of it they, which is what's kind of skewing skewing it there yeah when you when you look at the instagram story pictures you'll see this ginger little gingerbread guy and he's got all these little sprinkles of like red sugar yeah but the ginger but the gingeriness the idea of this pairing was really good I really like that one. Now, did you try the bacon? I did. I mean, it's bacon. It goes well <laughs> with anything. With it air, goes, it goes well with with my with my plate. Okay, but it like that sugariness and the fat and the the earthiness of the bacon. The, sorry, the the salinity of the bacon go well with this beer. I think it mellows it for me. It mellows the things that I don't want to drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> and makes it better. Yeah. What do you think? 
I the bake the bacon. So I tried the bacon with the beer and it went pretty good. Then I went over there and I got that short rib. <laughs> and Josh, that short rib. I thought that was very good with this beer. Yeah. Very good. Because the sweetness on this on that beer is down. Uh-huh. And that earthiness and the bitterness will play better with the beef. Right. And and maybe even if it had a a good wine reduction. Yeah. I think if been better. I think if with it this if, beer. I think with either one of the beers, if it would have had that wine cook in it, uh-huh. it would have been a a lot I think it would have been better. Well, I like this beer. It's kind of the first present of the of the Christmas season. <laughs> yeah. That beautiful red can. Mm-hmm. So, Dad. Yeah. You ready for best on plate? Uh, I'm gonna let you go first, but I'll be ready. Okay. So my beer. Start with mine. Okay. I think the sausage roll was the best. Now. Individual pairing. Now, if you now, added the, the cheese on the cheese, top. I mean, yeah, the sausage roll and cheese was the best thing, period. But individually, I think the sausage roll was the best pairing. The But not the short rib? No. Why not? It was, it was, it, the beer killed the beef. Oh, yeah, you said? Yeah. So it was it, so the herbaceousness of the sausage uh-huh. just went so well with everything in that beer, and like it was just it didn't there was not a bad thing about it. Okay, okay, okay. What about for you? On my plate, I'm gonna have to go with the sausage roll as well. Yeah, why? Same exact same reason you did. Okay, uh, the the cheese though was a close second. Okay. What the what short, about the cheese was really good for you? That nuttiness of the cheese with the nuttiness of the of the beer. Okay. Now, like you said, I think the cheese on top of the sausage was <laughs> that just was, that was amazing. So next time you do the sausage roll, <laughs> sneak some of that cheese I in. Will, there. I'll get I'll get some of that cheese. I may have to go I'm telling you, I may have to go to Kroger tomorrow and buy a bunch of that cheese and vacuum seal it and put it <laughs> and put it in the freezer. Is that cheese? Well, so it was on special. I got a nice size wedge of it for like five fifty. Whoa! Because it's one of those like you know, if Kroger has placed it, in, if cheese doesn't move, you know, and it gets to the expiration date, which well, they don't want it to mold right there in their case. They don't, so they'll they'll put it on reduced prices. Exactly, and that's what this one was, and it's a really really good cheese. It's not as good as that coastal cheddar that Jordan and I have had a couple times. The coastal English cheddar. No. Super dry, super salty. Yeah. Kind of sharp cheese, but that's really good. I may put that in my in my uh mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. That'd be Cause a good idea. Because we're, <laughs> we're actually recording this before Thanksgiving. That's right, we are. <laughs> okay, what about you for your plate? Your beer, your plate. So the brie. Okay. And I have to agree with you, the the compote was a really good first try. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I need to perfect the coffee. Now it also had it also had lime juice in it, but uh, like you said, the the texture was an issue with the coffee. Yeah, it didn't really. So the brie with the honey was best on plate. Uh, I am in 100% agreement with you on that. That honey 
I don't think the honey in the beer would be good just individually because the the honey has a weird bitterness and astringency to it. Yes. Like I kind of talked about the liquor sheet. But the fat of the brie and the nuttiness of the brie that came together with that honey and sang by itself. And then it, it changed the beer to just be something new to me. Yeah, okay. All right. You going to blind me or I, am I blinding you? It's a beer week. You get blinded, of course. Okay. All right. Well, let's get it poured up. All right. Okay. We got it poured up for you, Dad. And you, you're, it's all you. Okay. It's a light yellowish gold. It's a little bit of foam, not that much. So uh, we'll see what I get off the nose. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? What? Smell it again. <laughs> I think I might be stopped up, Josh. <laughs> not much. Well, then just go ahead and give it a taste then. If you're not smelling anything because you think you're stopped up, just give it a taste. Gonna have to. Oh man, this beer. <laughs> oh boy, this beer. It's a it's a it's a mind mess. It really is. It starts out. So uh, so what I want you to do with this beer is I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Drink it and talk about it. Don't think about the color. Just t- talk about what you're tasting. Coffee. Okay, coffee. What else? I'm tasting coffee. What else? What's beyond the coffee? He's over there laughing. I think there's some citrus. Okay. Coffee, citrus. It's pretty clear. All right. So, you getting many hops? Am I getting hops? Yes. Bound to be some in there. That's not what I asked. (laughs) Not really. Okay. So, not Not really. So, malt driven. Okay. You're getting coffee. I'm getting coffee. Okay. What other flavors... Are in there with that coffee? You said citrus, but that's don't don't think that citrus route. Don't what? Stay along your coffee route, because I think you're throwing in citrus because of the color, rather than actually tasting it. Mm. Getting like any type of like cocoa nib, dark chocolate. Co- I mean, you've already said coffee. Any kind of like cream or black coffee, espresso. Talk talk it down. So it's not, I don't get an espresso. I don't really get dark coffee. Okay. It's just some, maybe some chocolate coffee. Okay. Let's see. Boy, this is a curveball. Woo. I said, don't think about the color. Think about the taste of this beer. It'll guide guide you more than the color will. Definitely. So you're tasting coffee notes. So based, based on coffee notes, it ought to be brown. I don't get, I don't get like chicory type coffee. It's just, it's coffee. You're right. Yeah, it's it's, it's just, like it, dark. It's, it's good just, black it's, black coffee, dark roast coffee. Yeah, and there's some chocolatiness. I get so when I'm tasting this, I get some white chocolate. Yeah, it's not a real. Yeah, it's not a real bitter type chocolate. I okay. don't get a whole lot of bitter. So that's why I'm saying I don't think I get a whole lot of hops. Okay, so I don't have a lot of. IBU bitterness. Right. But it's not that sweet. Okay. So. So if this beer were the color that you were thinking it would be, what would you call it? What would you think it would be? Well, it should be like a brown ale. Okay. A brown ale. Uh Uh-huh. So we're talking, do you think it's, do you think the flavors are 
light enough for a brown ale running on the nut on the nut range oh because for me most brown ales present as nut Mm -hmm. nutty Mm -hmm. i agree with you this should this when you taste this it should be black so there isn't that nutty no i don't get the nutty okay so i just get coffee okay you get coffee so what what beer is driven by coffee and cocoa flavors like I said, if it were black, think about it being as black as night. Beer that's driven by coffee and cocoa. So it could be, all right. So a stout doesn't normally have coffee flavor, but it can. Can. So a stout that has chocolate malts can get that chocolate sort of coffee flavor. Okay. But I'm struggling. Okay. Like I said, don't. They do make. There is a stout. There's some stouts out there. Yep. That are light colored. Okay. Does this taste like what that, what you would think that would be? Sort of. Okay. So what do they call those? Now I'm at a loss. Well, okay. So it's not black. It's what? Oh, it's it light. Light. Now, in beer world and wine world, light things are called what? Uh, blanc. Or white. White. So, so if it's... It could be a white ale or, or a, a white... What's the, other, what's the other type of beer you've been talking about the entire time? Stout. White stout. So... So it could be a white ale, could be a white stout, could be something off the wall. Yeah, I think it's off the wall. It could be. Okay. So. So, a blonde ale. Okay. White ale. Who makes a white stout? Can I Google it? <laughs> no. So, are you call, so you're going to call it a white stout or a light stout or a blonde stout or a white stout? That's what I'm going to have to go with. Okay. Uh, unless it was like a white coffee stout. Okay, so you, I, so I'm going to just say that you're calling it. It's going to be a within the white stout family. Yes. Okay. Which is this is rare? Where'd you go find this? <laughs> I'll never tell. Is this local? Is this local? It doesn't. I don't it know. is not brewed locally, no, but okay. it can be bought in the state of Arkansas. Uh, obviously. <laughs> so, well, Dad has called That's this what... beer a white stout or a blonde stout. So you'll have to come back next week to figure out what, if he was correct, and what type of beer this was. There's definitely some chocolate in there too. <laughs> he's he's going to be chewing on this beer for I the am. next thirty for the next thirty minutes. Well, no, I don't have that much in my box. <laughs> well, there's there's another can. <laughs> okay. Once again, we thank you guys for being here, and we hope you come back next week. So, Dad, what are we doing next week? So I think we'll do Christmas liquors, holiday. Holiday liquors. Holiday liquors. Okay. And what are you going to do? I'm going to do peppermint snob. Okay. That's, uh, you know, peppermint, Christmas, uh, those those just go right down the alley. Okay. Now, you know, I thought about doing maybe uh, Santa's Red Campari, but I'd X that out. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a straight up Campari. No, uh, peppermint schnapps. 
Okay, and I'm going to be doing a coffee liqueur. Oh, okay. But I'm not but it's not Kahlua. Okay. I'm going to be doing a a rum a a local coffee liqueur called um, the Grind from from Rocktown. So I'm going to be doing the Rocktown Rock the Grind. Okay. And I mean, who knows, maybe we'll put them together and have a little peppermint coffee. There you go. Sounds good. Yeah, so come back next week. We're going to have a we're going to have a great old time doing holiday liqueurs and who knows and there may be some extras as we go along but we we very much appreciate y'all being here dad i appreciate you two weeks ago doing the episode with tamiko and tamiko i really appreciate you being on and doing some gin cocktails they all sounded really great that gin fizz just looked looked fantastic she did a great job yeah. checking that thing <laughs> that's the, you gotta you gotta shake, get shake, that shake 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 Got to get that dry shake going. And we hope that you guys are having a wonderful holiday season. We appreciate all of our new listeners who are out there. We have seen an explosion in downloads, and we are very, very grateful for all of you guys who have been coming to listen to us. We would love for you to reach out to us on the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Most active on Instagram, we are at Acquired Tastings. On all of those, except for Twitter, where we're at Acquired Tasting. If you want to reach out to us by email, feel free to send us an email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to see pictures of what y'all are doing. We This is the holiday season, and we're finally able to get back with those families and friends for a lot of us who we've kind of missed. And we would love to be a part of that, bring a pairing. Or if you and your family would want to get together and do one of these pairings, that would be fantastic. If you do, we would love to see those pictures. Tag us. Tag us. Tag us on all the socials. We'd love to see that for you guys. But we really appreciate you guys listening to us, and we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.